This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. From Flint to Philadelphia, from Hollywell to Hollywood. Rob Ryan Red is a brand new Wrexham AFC fans podcast by Nathan Salt and Richard Fay. Now, maybe you're well-versed in Wrexham history, or maybe you're new here, so here's a few things to jog your memory. Here is Vose. Great dribbling by Don Vose. And still, Vose, he gets past another. Oh, what a goal! Don Vose, one of the goals of the season. He has toyed with the defence there. And that is remarkable. The ball boys getting involved. Conor Jennings, the captain, Wrexham's top goal scorer. 13 for the season. 14! Wrexham lead! It's Wrexham 1! Chester now! It's McDonough for Wrexham! Still Jerry McDonough! It's Matt Curley! McDonough around the keeper! Wrexham! Wrexham! to the lead, ladies! If yesterday was a Black Friday, then today is a Red Saturday! Croeso, hello, welcome to the latest episode of Rob Ryan Red, the Wrexham AFC podcast. Well, it wasn't a pretty one on the weekend, but it's all Dover now. Wrexham scraped the three points, basically in France. Uh, yeah, gritty away day this weekend. We're back on the TV. What could possibly go wrong? I'm Rich Fay. I'm back in the podcast helm. I'm joined once again by Nathan Salt. Nathan, you've been a uh, Carrying the podcast the last few weeks. How are you doing? How's your back holding up? Yeah, I needed to go see a chiropractor. I, I warned you that if you didn't come back, that I, you know I would be in some serious pain. No, it's good to have you back, Rich. Uh, good to have some ability to debate because I was kind of having like a, a one-on-one therapy session, if you will, um, about different things. And it was a little bit up and down, wasn't it? Since you've been sort of busy in a way. I know you've you were sending in new reports. We obviously had that one from Halifax. That was amazing. You obviously had first voice time I've probably spoke to you since then. Yeah. yeah. Your voice is back. And then what was the other one? Then Yeovil was less fun. Um and Dover wasn't much fun either, but it's a win. And uh you know, three points. We're up to fourth, aren't we? And a lot's happened, you know, uh Boreham would have got through, so that means our game in January will be postponed now. Lots is happening. Um, lots of the calendar being shuffled about. So no, three home games now, Rich. It's all about figuring out how we can maximise the race course because at the minute we just uh, can't seem to unlock it quite, can we? Even though it's not been bad. I don't know. It's a weird, it's a weird sort of ramble here. It's not been bad, but it's not been good either. 
Yeah, Fortress Kairas. Well, of course, like you said, like Yeovil defeat a week ago was our first home defeat of the season, but every other home game has felt pretty much the same. Um, like we said, there's only been the odd goal to nil or a defeat or a draw. Like we said, that game against Bromley was the only time we've scored more than once at home all season. And of course, the caveat to that was that they had 10 men for the majority of the match. The Yeovil game as well, like I said, the caveat of that was that Liam McCallenden got sent off for jumping for a ball. And I know he probably shouldn't have gone for it, but that's by the by now. That's done. Dover at the weekend as well, Naif. Um, thank you to everyone who joined us on the Twitter space as well at full time. That was probably a good way to dissect that game because, you know, there's not too much detail to go into it. You probably can't read too much. It's the negative that we played so badly. We've scraped a win against the worst team in the division. A scrappy goal to win it right at the end of the corner that basically goes all the way through. So the Twitter space seems like a really good place for us to, to mm-hmm. dissect that. And I think for those sort of games where there's not going to be too much of a talking point in terms of podcast form, then that's really good for us to, to do. And of course, we can get the fearless lads on as well. We can get all of you who have been to the games. We like hearing different voices as well. So if you've ever got a request or you ever want to be on an upcoming space or you've got another issue that maybe isn't match related that you'd like us just to discuss on that sort of platform, just drop us a DM either to myself, to Nath on Twitter, or of course on the Rob Ryan Red pages. And Nath, maybe you should plug the email early this week as well because I know we've been getting quite a lot of uh, correspondence on that. Yeah, no, robryanred at gmail.com. It's in our Twitter bio as well. Um, just on the spaces, I think for us, given we're you know usually a midweek release for these podcasts, it is quite a long time from the Saturday. So often we don't get to really dissect the Saturdays maybe you know when we're out on a Thursday. Rich, we're kind of like all constantly looking ahead rather than massively looking back unless it's been you know something outrageous. Um, so yeah, thanks a lot for the support on the on the Twitter spaces. They're just really good fun, sort of like a live phone. And if six oh six was only for Wrexham fans, and uh, I think I don't know if you were still in the space the last one, Rich, when we had a, a Dagenham fan called Leon, who uh, invaded the space to uh, scream obscenities about Wrexham and Dover. Very funny, and he, he he bottled it and left, so he didn't stick around to to get sort of mobbed by Wrexham fans. But yeah, no, it's uh, it's a good fun and. And like I say, for the Saturday games, it's really good for us because it just allows us to to let you talk about what you think and, and what you want to see improve. And I know later in this podcast, Rich put a call out on on the Twitter at Rob Ryan Red uh, about what you want to see come January because we're nearly there. Rich, we're we're seven days, seven or eight days into the advent calendar now. You know, a little chocolate. Have you got an advent calendar? I did ask last week. Of course, if you I had have. advent calendars. Of course, you have. I have. What did yeah. you get? Lindor, I mean Lint, Lindor, oh. I'm not sure which one you should go for, yeah, very premium. That's high end, very yeah, premium. Really yeah, nice though, premium. so um, how about yourself? I I just went for a, a Cabri's, a regular one, mate. just, yeah, yeah run-of-the-mill stuff, yeah, you know, nothing special. Nothing, Top nothing, tax that's bracket what, over here, you know what's anything, like, that's yeah. what we need. If anything, that's what we need. Wrexham need less luxuries that you've got and more just, you know, gritty, everywhere players, you know? Yeah, exactly, um, but, and I guess but, that sums but, it up, and... Like you said, mm. that's what's so interesting as well because obviously um, I'm sure every Wrexham fan has probably listened to it already, that Sean Harvey Dragonheart interview and you know he said that Wrexham are very keen to get their business done very early in January as well. The work is already well underway. They've already got the list of targets narrowed down. Of course, there's going to be fallback options depending on the movement. Some teams might not want to sell. Some players might become available who you thought weren't available. You could get an injury. You could have an offer for one of your own players and the priorities can quickly change. And then maybe you've got to spend a bit more money here, then there's less money to spend over there. And obviously we've got a lot of transfer kitty, this January transfer window. And obviously there's no hiding from the fact that we need improvement on the pitch. 
to be going into the window fourth or fifth. You know, you can't really complain about that. I think most most Wrexham fans would have taken that at the start of the season. The task now is to make sure we are there. Of course, that makes selling the project easier as well because you can be saying to these potential football league players, you're coming in to join a, a promotion bid. You can be the, the hero, you know, you come in for six months, get Wrexham promoted. You're coming back to the scent and, you know, to all the Wrexham fan events for years and years and years to come. So it's going to be really interesting to see. And yeah, I guess maybe later in the pod, Nate, we will run through your correspondence on social media and we'll have a maybe dissect a, a couple of the rumours that we've got a little bit, little bit of intel on. We know some stuff. Obviously, we've been speaking to agents and people behind the scenes at different clubs already just in our own line of work. And yeah, we've got a little bits of information which we can tease are coming up on the horizon, Nath. But yeah, I guess it's just really interesting, isn't it? Because it's all about perception. I mean, all of a sudden, like you said, after a run of games, we're fourth on the table and that title is back within touching distance. Yeah, it's massively about perception, isn't it? And, I, and I'm one of those that I, I've long been about results. You know, it's this league is not ever going to be the prettiest league in the world. So I've always been about just grinding out the results. And yet when we do grind out the results, I'm moaning about the football's not good enough and, and it, you know, it's it's not, not entertaining to watch. So I'm very much trying to have my cake and eat it. But yeah, home form's an odd one because... There's a lot of the games. Uh, the other day, somebody was telling me, you know, we got away with it against Woking and we won one nil. Then we got away with it against Dagenham. Obviously, we win that game. That's my question. You know, this this is my question. Of... Is, like we've said before, we've not been convincing. Well, I've not been convincing the games. But if you're doing it so consistently, does that not to maybe become the trait in your style of play that we are just yeah. a team who can grind out these one nil wins? It's never going to be convincing but we've got them. I mean, if you look at the table, as things stand, of course, there's games to be played. We said this on the live. I think that when everything's played and everyone's had their games in hands, we will realistically probably be about 7th or 8th in the league. We're not mm. We're not 4th, as the table says now. Because if you look at it, the three teams technically, you know, well, not, maybe not technically, the teams that you'd say are better than us then are Chesterfield, Borehamwood and Bromley. They're the only three with more points than us this season. I still look below us and say they're better than us, they're better than us, or they've at least looked better than us this season. What I would say on that is there's a lot of teams in there that won't be flush with cash come January. You know, it, Chesterfield and Borehamwood getting to the third round of the FA Cup will massively help their cause. You know, we saw what it did for Lincoln, didn't we, in, in, in terms of being able to, to, you know, use that money, that cut money. And I, I don't see Chesterfield or or Borum would get in as far as Lincoln did that season, but it is a good money spinner for them. Thankfully for us, we, we've got money regardless of, obviously we're out of the cup now, but you know we, we weren't hinging, we were reliant on a cup run. So I think teams will still be wary looking at Wrexham and Stockport who are a little bit further down. I, I still think teams will look at them and go, they've got the financial muscle to, to go out and make a real difference. And so if they're there five, fifth or sixth or, or fourth or wherever, that that's a weird, a real worry. You know, teams like Halifax and Borenwood and Bromley have done brilliantly, but I, they haven't got sort of really deep pockets to to, to go for it and to go, you know, to come and say poacher, poacher Wrexham player. Or whereas I I think the reverse could be true. Um, oh, obviously we're aiming a little bit higher up, but I think if we wanted to go and get somebody, I think we've probably got the financial power and the pull to do so. Yeah, and. I did see that suggestion on social media, actually. Um, of course, 
you always look at football league players and say we want him, we want him. We've seen in the summer though that signing a football league player doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be high on quality when they arrive. I'm not naming any names, James Jones, but you know there is an argument that we should maybe be poaching players from our own division as well because, like you said, if you go in and you buy someone from Bromley, you buy someone from Boreham Wood, you're strengthening a rival. So you're weakening a rival and strengthening yourself mm. as well. And you know, we've seen what Shamanga's done at Chesterfield. Going out and buying a football league player doesn't always mean that you're going to get like the immediate quality on the no, pitch because they've got no. to adjust to the level. And I think it is a really interesting argument. And interestingly enough, there'll be some players that we'll discuss later that you have said on social media who are who are from this division who would do a job. And I think it is, you know, again, another narrative you've got to explore because it's such a dangerous sort of path to go down where... If you buy a player who is ex football league, you expect them to be a class above everyone else, and I think that is the case for you know Mullin Toza. I do think that they are far too good for this level. I know it's not been perfect start for Toza, but I think he can tell, and I think he's just struggled to adapt to it, and you know he's struggled to adapt to the referees as well as he <laughs> said after that Yeovil game. But yeah, I think it is really interesting because. We also say how crap League Two is, and there's this perception yeah. that if we go up, we'll you know boss League Two. So buying a player from League Two doesn't really mean that they're going to come in and make any difference because we're already arguing that we should be in that league and we would be a, a top end team in that as well. So yeah, really interesting the that sort of argument that we should be buying from the national league as well. And yeah, I'm not not against it at all. They might not be headline transfers, but their players will come in and do a job and have have an experience of the league and the expectations of them. What what gets me, just looking at this run of home games now, I mean, what is this, our first game on the TV since the Knox County game? I actually thought we played okay in that overall. I think that was all my James Jones scored, wasn't it? And uh, we had that tale in a few, you know, at the time when Rob McElhenney ruined his take of this latest season of Always Sunny celebrating that goal. So... And the goal that never was, obviously, it got ruled out for a, a GB's offside. I, I remember watching that. It, 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 I thought we played well. I thought, you know, Max Clareworth obviously was caught out for the the Kyle Wooden goal, but overall he, he played quite well. And it's interesting to see him sort of drop out the side massively. He hasn't played in a long, long time now. There's others in there. That, you know, Jamie Record we haven't seen for weeks. You know, these are players that were regularly in that team at, at the beginning. So this will be an, another test, I think. Weymouth will come there, much like Wheelston and, and others, and will think, you know, Wrexham haven't convinced massively at home. You know, if if we can get the crowd to sort of jitter, get a bit jittery, t- no, turn on the players, but I don't know what it is, Rich. Is it this, uh, if you're buying this, this higher calibre player, I don't think that then you can say it, it's, it's daunting for the players having these big crowds and too much expectation and all that, you know. Some of these players have played in promotion campaigns and really high stakes games. I I can't imagine these sort of eight and a half thousand at home against a fifth division team is is really scaring them into not playing well. Surely no, not. yeah, it's a really interesting one that. And I guess maybe you need to get a sports psychologist on to really dissect how how much an effect it has on a day to day. Like you said, I think every player sort of to a degree at, at this level and the levels above, of course, will have played in front of these sort of crowds. But I guess it's those sort of crowds every week it's the expectation it's the fact that you know we're not sort of feel good I know there's so much feel good about Wrexham but there's still a huge amount of pressure to deliver as well underneath it it's not as if we've had a good run and we've soared at the table we've had a big injection of cash and it's sort of still a a free-for-all 
we're still playing with a lot of pressure. You know, I know there is that that sort of freedom and the rejuvenated spirit around town and lots of smiles when you go to games now. There's not always by full time, but there's still such an expectation. And I think that's maybe the difference that these players have coming from other teams because if you're playing for another team in the National League and you have a good season, you've probably reached your expectations. On the contrary as well, you look at people who are playing in the Football League I don't think the expectations there at most League One and League Two clubs like it is at Wrexham. We've been here for so long. The demands are so, you know, telling. And I do think that it does sort of cut the wheat from the chaff because, you know, you've got to be able to handle it. And I guess that's what has been so annoying this season is we have been crap for most of it and we're still only three points off the top. Think about if we came into the season and had form, we'd hit the ground running we could easily be sort of running away with this league by now. We're not. We've got a lot of work to do. And yeah, like you said, the home form has just been... It's been a burden almost, the race course expectations. But you've got to... It's a privilege. You know, pressure is a privilege and can't have any sympathy for the players if they're getting, you know, a bit distracted by the 8,000 strong crowds every week. You've just got to deal with it. And if if you can't do that, then you're not good enough to be part of this journey because this is just the beginning of it. Mm, it, it's it, someone brought it up recently about you know is it us and, and xyz i think you're right it, it is a kind of is a privilege in that sense and you know players will want the glory that comes with delivering this club back to the football league and so you have to take it on the chin when you know when it when it doesn't go right and and when you maybe are under pressure i think as well that there just needs to be there should be enough calm heads in there that when maybe fans are getting frustrated and the mood fluctuates because we're fans and the mood fluctuates wildly, you just need. I still think we're quite quiet, Rich, on the pitch. I still think we're not we're not as vocal as maybe we once were in, in seasons gone by. And I think that's partly why we've not been so secure defensively. I, I just think you know there just needs to be a little bit more talking for me, and to try and block out the rest of the noise because at the end of the day it's. It's the same game, whether we play home or away. And I understand that teams come to the race course, maybe sit in, frustrate us, and away from home, they can't really do that as much. But there just needs to be a mentality shift now going into that second half of the season to say, right, we haven't hit our best form. We know we haven't, most of us. Now it's time to, to kick on and, you know, give give what we can do because we're right there. If we, if we, if we lock in, we, we can do this. You know this club isn't cursed. We can we can we can lift them out of it. Yeah, exactly. And the, and the other thing we've got to look at is if you look at that recent sort of run of games we've had in the league as well. It's one defeat in our last. Is it eight? I think one defeat in our last eight, which was the Oval game. You know the problem is that we only won two of our first six in the league this season, which you know is sort of got us off to a bad start. But you look at those run of games coming up now. Then Nafe, of course, we've got. Weymouth at the weekend on TV. That'll be on BT Sport. Uh, 20 past five, kickoff, I believe, for that one. Yeah. Gloucester in the FA Trophy, which, interesting one to see how Parkey approaches that one. I don't think it should be too much of a distraction. Um, like I said, you've got a big gap, though, between those games. So I know we want to say rotate players, rest players. There's not necessarily the pressure to do so. We saw against Marine. I know that was FA Cup, but he played the strongest team available. Gloucester, he might just want to get the momentum going I think that's what he said for the Marine game you know that mm, you just I'll need to be winning that. these matches so that'll be interesting because we've then got the 
the eight-day gap after that one for Solihull on Boxing Day at home, which should be a cracker. You know, that was two all on the opening day of the season. Yeah, three home games on the trot. And like we said, that Boreham Wood game is going to get moved in the new year because of their FA Cup run. So, yeah, I guess after that, the next home game scheduled in will be Grimsby. And that seems a mile off. So yeah. it's really important we make the most of these next three matches. Yeah, massively. Uh, you know, it, we say it, don't we, every week. But if you're really serious about going up, you have to beat Weymouth at home. And, and we said the same ahead of Wellston. Wilston it's the same and, with Solihull, uh, though, as well, mate. I mean, they're eighth and yeah, but they're, things but might change yeah. coming into it. But it was the same with Eastleigh at the start of the season. I know they've dropped a bit since. But we were saying, if you want to go up, maybe in past years you'd say, well, they're a tough team. Look at our squad compared to theirs. Mm, no offence. We should I agree be with wiping that. the floor with them. But, but Solihull are, are a much better team than Weymouth. You know, if you if you draw to Solihull, I don't think that's as... Obviously, we should be beating Solihull at home, but I'm saying I don't think that's as bad a result as if you drop points at home to Weymouth. I think to come away from Wilston, Yeovil and uh, Weymouth without a win, I think would be really poor. I think that would be a massively poor return. I don't think so. I, I think we'll... I think as much as it will pain Adam Virgo, um, I, I think we'll, we'll beat... Weymouth um I, I think I think as well the players as much as they say they don't and you hear people behind the scenes say oh they're very good at blocking the noise I do think they hear the frustrations you know it, clearly it wasn't their best performance against Dover and it took a freak corner that Jake Hyde and, and Jordan Davis were arguing over sort of playfully arguing over about who who got the goal you know Dover hit every part of the woodwork missed a couple of sitters and, and so did we but they know they can play a lot better. And I think, yeah, I just wonder with the late game, you know, just kind of, because it, it's different as well. You, you know, covering United at early, late, whatever, at 3 p.m.s, it's it's just a completely different match to experience for the players, you know, more rest at a later eating time or more waiting around. It's it's just a different experience. I'll be interested to see how we get on sort of outside of that regular 3 p.m. slot because we'll have been able to see the, the other results um, come in beforehand, won't we? So it'll be it's just an interesting one. It's a very subtle change, but one that I'll be intrigued to see to see how we deal with because it's a lot of waiting around when you're the late kickoff. Yeah, Wrexham on the TV, never get your hopes up. That's what I've learned over these last few years. <laughs> we always say that when there's a, a big crowd or the TV coverage and all those eyes of the world on you, that uh, yeah, that's often when Wrexham fail to deliver the goods. But talk about delivering the goods, Nafe. I know Christmas is just around the corner. Wrexham will make us wait a, a month extra for any additional gifts. January transfer <laughs> window, like you said, we put uh, the feelers out on social media before. Just to ask you really what position you wanted to see us strengthen as a priority in January. Like we said, Wrexham are keen to do the business very early on. Parkinson said himself, you know, in the summer he wanted a new defensive midfielder. We didn't sign one. Charlie Trafford's come in. He's going to be a pointless answer in a few years, isn't he? Because I don't think we'll probably... Have, I mean, maybe the FA Trophy game, we'll get to see him make a a, a maiden appearance for Wrexham. It'll probably be a one and only... If he doesn't play game. that, if he doesn't yeah. play that, when is he going to play? If, if he doesn't play that... I, I mean, I'm all for playing James Jones in the trophy. I think you just got to try and play him into a bit of form. And he might be a player where he plays one great game and, and suddenly, you know looks looks a completely different player who knows um i i think you want to play jake hyde into a bit of fitness and form um just just getting back up to his best obviously he's been dealing with injury i, I think it's probably too soon for kwame still but he must be close he must be knocking on the door and 
you know, Dior, if, he, if he's fit, can, can you get him a game? Because I think he's he's overdue running the side as well. So there's changes to be made there. Cam Green, Tyler French, all these players that are knocking on the door. I think even if he changes eight or nine players, there are quite a few that people would say, yeah, I want I want them to play. I want I want to see them playing. Um, you know, even if I if if you had Brisley come in, you had Lennon or Cleworth or whatever, there's a lot of players that that need some minutes that don't drastically alter the quality. I don't think. No, exactly. And of course, a few of them might be able to dictate their futures and the own impact of Rexon's plans ahead of that window. So, Naif, we've got correspondence from Twitter and Facebook here. There's lots to get through. It's a really good response. Thank you very much to everyone who's got involved. We will try to get through as many of them as possible right now. Naif, I think we should probably alternate between these. So, should we start off with Twitter and then move on to Facebook and see, yes, where, mate. Yeah, you, see what all started on? You can on. kick us off on Twitter if you've got it, or do you need me to kick you off? I can kick off. I mean, go for like it, said, what, do, what Who have we got then? We have loads of responses. We've had loads of responses. I still would say that the majority of fans are saying midfielder. And then we pose the question, an attacking midfielder or a defensive midfielder? I think that seems to be dividing fans a lot at the moment because we've lacked the creativity, but we also need you know, that anchor who, by having his defensive presence, could maybe unlock the creativity of someone like Jordan Davis in front of him, give him a bit more freedom to attack. Maybe it can let Luke Young go, go loose a bit and he can start scoring screamers again as well. So, yeah, I'm going to go for, for I mean, Gaz Trow says straight away, central midfielder, someone who everything goes through. Not necessarily a CDM, just someone who will take the ball wherever he is and move it forward. Padge says midfield enforcer to break up play and receive balls from the defence, linking defence and attack. Someone with a good track record for interceptions and tackling as well. Matthew Ellis says a defensive midfielder to sit in front of the back three, a bit like Scott Green in 2002 and 2003. I do like nice. that as a, as a comparison. Nice. Owen Bradley says a defensive midfielder and maybe a left back if uh, Cameron Green doesn't cut it for Parkey. Alan Roberts said a creative midfielder, midfield minder, pacey wide man and an additional goal scorer. So yeah, oh. I, think, I think he's putting a lot. I'd like to see his Christmas list as well because, God, he's asking for a lot, isn't he? <laughs> um, Joe Roberts says he wants two central midfielders, one to, one who's nice. a defensive enforcer and another who's creative. Basher says Brad Walker would do nicely playing in a four, which, which I like. Andy Cookson, surely midfield has to be the priority. A fast one out and a fast out and out winger wouldn't go amiss either. Um, oh, yeah, I've seen a few people it? put that. I think I think I saw another one. Anthony, um, I forget your surname. Sorry, Anthony. He said something about getting some tricky wingers in so that you can really go play a four three three. It was interesting when I was at Stockport away when I watched Ben Whitfield. I know they've got Ollie Crankshaw now and, and others, but I looked at it and thought, wow, you know, a, a real orthodox winger that can just drop the shoulder and do you. And that's obviously not how we play. We're, we're more reliant on wing backs. But it would be nice to have that kind of Ben Tollett or, you know, when he was at his best, Jordan Maguire drill or someone of someone who can just beat a man and, and maybe yeah, Adrian Chisler allow us to play. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, well, that, and, that's the, that's and all the of those players are frustrating, though, aren't they? All Chislovich, Maguire, Drew, Tollett, all of them are frustrated. Those type of players are frustrating, but well, that's just because they're the nice to have in your locker. Yeah, they're not. Yeah, they're not they're nice to have in your locker. Yeah, they're not going to be top quality because they're in the fifth division anyway, and you know they're going to be inconsistent. Yeah. But they're exciting, aren't they? And I think that's part of the problem as well. The the, the reason we can't switch properly to a four three three is because we just don't have the wide men to make it work properly. And you know, in January maybe we can address that, and maybe we can start to put things right uh next one which is sort of combining the two topics doug mcdonald and adam mcgrath both said that they'd like to get a holding midfielder someone like joe sparrow from solihull 
So, that is um, a shout. Yeah, interesting he tore one. Us apart. He tore us apart, didn't he, in that first day? You have to be honest. He dominated us. Um, uh, what's it called? Solil's Grand Damson Park. Yeah. And uh, he's just a very classy operator at this level, Rich. Just a very, you know, I, I wouldn't say he's one of those that you think, wow, he, he should definitely be playing two two divisions up. But for the level he's at, he's, you know, a, a league leading sort of player. He's he's a player that would walk into most teams, in my opinion. Um just just does a lot of things right. He's got a good shot from distance, which I know Youngy has got a good shot from distance. But yeah, just a very 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 classy operator. I think I think that'd be a good signing. Yeah, if you if you're listening, anyone, the owners or maybe Sean Harvey, <laughs> Les Reed, whoever whoever's pulling the strings behind, maybe uh, keep keep a, keep it ear out of what the fans are asking for. Um, I'm still saying couple... Tom Pet. I'm not. I'm still, I'm still saying Tom Pet at Port Vale. If anyone is listening. Next one was from Phil. He said, controversial, I know, but a new striker. If anything happens to Mullin, injury, suspension, illness, I don't fancy our potency in front of goal. That is an interesting one, isn't it? Obviously, we've that said is. that Kwame coming up could change it a bit, but if you look yeah. at Angus, Ponticelli, they, they are very much in the bracket below. And then even Hyde has been pretty disappointing lately. I know he's not been fit and he's, he's struggled for it. Mm. But we were saying at the start of the season, weren't we, that in a way you could even see Hyde outscoring Mullin. It's just not quite worked out no. so far. I think I think injuries have, injuries have cost Hyde. I, I still think there's a really good player there in, in, in Jake Hyde. I think he's a, we've seen some great finishing. like The defeat at Grimsby, a brilliant finish there. Scored a couple of goals, scored against Bromley, but he got ruled out for offside. So I think he is a potent finisher, but just needs to stay fit and, and stay clear of injuries. What I would say on the striker one, thanks for that reply, by the way. It's an interesting one. I see what he means in controversial, but what I feel like if we were to get another striker, one has to go. And so it's 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 a debate. Do you, do you look to cash in on someone like Ponticelli, who's probably elevated his stock? You know, Kwame, I know he's been training with us. Do you surely you bring Kwame back in rather than move him on. You know, what does it mean for Dior? You're not going to move Jake Hyde up. Well, you wouldn't think voluntarily you'd move Jake Hyde up, Paul Mullen on. Um, we definitely wouldn't move Paul Mullen on by choice. And what I said recently about that Nottingham Forest rumour and talk around potential release clauses and whatnot. Um, it's an interesting one. I don't see them going and getting a sixth striker. I mean, where's Jake Bickerstaff in all this? He just sort of in the in the kind of background in the, in the tunnels of the in the corridors i've no idea is he on loan yeah it's, it's no interesting clue. to know isn't it i mean maybe going back to carnarvon or somewhere is what he needs maybe, maybe if you yeah, could go to yeah. national league north another team you know i think he is above sort of mid-table and maybe the best of the rest really in in the welsh prem i think that he's he's got a lot to prove and he, he deserves a chance i've always been a bit annoyed he's not not had that opportunity again maybe the fa trophy is a chance for him to show that but yeah, if not, I think you've got to loan him out because I know we have a, a fascination, as any club does, with bringing through youth talent or whatever. But this season, you almost sort of lose that because you've just got to get promoted at all costs. And, you know, I think that we've just got to, got to take that. Like you said, I think that the addition of the creative midfielder, maybe, maybe a winger, I think that does enough to help ease your attacking issues anyway. I think you create mm. better opportunities. A player who's maybe not as potent in front of goal gets more chances, they maybe get easier chances to, to put away. So yeah, I, like you said, a, a new striker 
would be greedy, very gluttonous. I think that the issues are elsewhere in the squad, but I wouldn't be turning one down. Um, while we're on the subject of controversial ones then, Jonah Devitt says, a goalkeeper. I don't really Ooh. buy into the fag packet comparison between Rob Layton and Christian Dibble. He says, Rob Layton knows he's playing unless he's hurt, and Christian Dibble has made too many mistakes and clangers over the years for me, I'm afraid. Getting in a real league number one would create some actual competition, only saying this as, as a priority as everyone else has said midfield general, yeah. and that's painfully obvious to see. That. But yeah, that is an interesting one. I mean, like we said, Layton, probably the best goalkeeper in the division. I do like you know, a couple of the others as well, but I think Layton is, is just for me, I, mean, I watch him most weeks and you, you get to see how good he is, how much he commands the box as well. But there is a drop-off in quality, isn't there, when he's not playing, and I think it's an interesting one. Yeah, it is. It, it. I think it would be a hard sell to to sort of an, to get an established number one out of a club to say you know come and compete with Rob Lainton. I don't know how Lainton would react to that. You know, ultimately only one of them can play, and we potentially could have no cup games. We might be out of the FA Trophy if we if we don't take it seriously against Gloucester. We're out of the FA Cup, so who's going to want to come and sit on the bench? And, it, and it, is Lainton willing to just sit on the bench if we go and get a League One or two? sort of goalkeeper it's a tricky one and and I don't want to like I say thanks Jonah for that uh, for that sort of suggestion I don't want to bang on that that was about the fag packet comparison that is what I was told um you know so so all I can say to that is I would imagine goalkeeper isn't high on the priority I know that there are others in, you know in the fan base that would like to see a new goalkeeper just just to change it up um with dibble but I think dibble is really really well liked uh, in the dressing room and, and among the kind of the sort of ownership group, the, the staff, um, the ownership staff in terms of, you know, Harvey and, and others that are in that kind of group. So, yeah, I'd be very surprised if, if there was a new goalkeeper, but who knows? I was very surprised when we got taken over by Hollywood owners. So anything's yeah. possible, Rich. <laughs> Nothing rules you out, does it? I guess no, never. no. Of course, because you get more characters on Facebook. Um, there's sort of more variety, isn't there, in, in terms of how sort of how much detail people have gone into, and there's sort of more names sort of mentioned on the uh, the Wrexham AFC fans chat uh, thread that I'm looking at now. Um, some of the names that are sticking out for me: um, David Jones says Ruben Rodriguez from Notts County. Um, well, someone told me recently that they think he will be on the move in January. Would he come to us? I mean that. That would suggest you're going to a four-three-three type model. Um, you know, he operates on the right side of a three. Very, very highly regarded. I thought he's always played well against us when he's played us. Um, Get him in yeah, time that... for the second of Jan. Could we do that? Oh, Lots away. Oh, could you imagine? I think there'd be absolutely no chance if if that was a goer that he'd come in before the second of Jan. I just can't imagine Notts County sanctioning that. God, that would I'm be looking, a New Year's day to remember, that, wouldn't it? Could you imagine? I'm going to go to that anyway, regardless of whether we have Ruben Rodriguez. But I'm, I'm looking at another one. Phil Ellis has said James Norwood from Ipswich, or failing that rich, Scott Quigley. Now, surely that's not going to happen. Scott no, Quigley you'd from have Stockport. To pay, you'd have to pay such a premium to get him out from a rival like that that it just wouldn't become cost-effective and you could get a much better player for that for that money. So, But James I, Norwood from Ipswich. James Norwood, who I believe bought himself one of those like pieces of land, so he's he's officially known as Lord Norwood. I'm pretty sure that that's a fact. Is that true? 
I'm pretty sure that is true. Um, I'm gonna, for, I'm, I'm, I'm immediately gonna look that up, Rich, while we talk about others. I swear Lord I was doing knowledge. commentary. I swear I was doing commentary notes when we played against Tranmere or Forest Green, and I did research on Norwood, and I swear he bought land so that he could be officially called Lord Norwood. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I swear it's true. I swear it's true. Um, so hang on, 2016. Um, <laughs> the story of Lord Norwood's journey for eating a hot dog on the what? The li- Lord Norwood, yeah, you're right. He bought himself a Lord title with a meter square plot in Cumbria. Exactly. Incredible. I mean, um, he'd be the Lord, but he'd still be bound down to Paul Mullen, wouldn't he? So I'm not sure how the hierarchy would work there. Um, I guess it brings us on to sort of players we've wow, heard, then, isn't it, Nafe? I mean, if we go to what transfers in Wrexham. I mean, one of them made national news, didn't it, this week? And that was Jack Ooh, yeah. Wilshire. One of them made the that was the one that made the BBC Sport gossip column, which that's not too niche. That is for the big transfers. That is yeah. for you know. I can't imagine Wrexham ever getting in there, and yet there they are. So Jack Wilshire. Jack Wilshire. From what I've from what I've heard, I don't think it's a goer. Um, no, same. I spoke uh, to someone very slim. close to his sort of agent, and he said that. He he hadn't heard it anyway, and he was sort of inside the the same sort of agency anyway. And he said, "No idea. I've not heard of that one at all." So he'd be very surprised if that was happening. It was also pointed out to us as well, wasn't it, Nafe, that Jack Wilshire did he turn down the chance to join Luton because they were too small a club? Yeah, or he wanted they... he wanted to play at a higher level than than what he thought he was playing at with Luton. I know he ended up playing with Bournemouth, but he, he was reluctant to join Luton, and so that was kind of the first red flag for me that. Maybe he doesn't want to come to the fifth division. Maybe, yeah, and of course, Luton maybe. are 12th in the championship. So, <laughs> you know, it's going to be quite I, I, difficult. He's probably, to... he's probably looking at like the MLS, isn't he? Or something like that. Uh, you know, a, a decent financial... But it wouldn't surprise me if into Miami or someone like that goes and gets Jack Wilshire. It really wouldn't. That That's the type of fit I see. But I said it on the spaces and I know you're a little bit more reluctant. But I honestly think if you could get Jack Wilshire on a semi-affordable deal for six months, I think it's probably worth the gamble. Just just purely based on his quality. If he stays fit, like quality-wise, he'll be a cut above any, anybody else. And uh, I sent you a picture before, didn't I, about Devontae Redmond giving an interview. It's good to know he's still about because he's gone missing. I was getting a bit worried, Rich. I was going to have to start contacting North Wales Police because he's gone AWOL. I've never seen him. So... Uh, Seems well, like was, his days are done. I was contemplating when everyone was saying we need a creative midfielder. I was I was going to reply just with a picture of Devonte Redmond just to sort of <laughs> troll him a bit. But yeah, I think even my Devonte uh, yeah. fan club might be up. Yeah, really, it's a shame. But again, you ask, how did he get a new contract in the summer? That worries me. It really worries me that the club Bizarre. saw the the opportunity to give him a new deal. Obviously, must have made him these promises. And yeah, it's just not worked out again. So that's a really, really odd one from the from the club, and really odd from his point of view to accept it as well. I mean, maybe he had no better offers, so you're just going to pay the price and not play yeah. football and get the get the wage for half a year, which you can't begrudge him that really. Um, but yeah, it's 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 an odd one. So Wilshire, so you'd spoke to people close to Wilshire. I so I I took it upon myself to speak to people close to Joe Piggott. Um, that one was an exclusive line that someone put out that the former AFC Wimbledon striker now at Ipswich, I think, um, Joe Piggott and look, very accomplished striker, very good striker. When I watched he was him linked at to AFC. Sheffield Wednesday in the summer as well. Um, yeah, there's lots uh, of Wednesday uh, AFC, fans who wanted him. 
Yeah, no, he's, he's a good player, good size, um, good touch, good in the air, can run in behind. There's a lot to like about him. Um, will be a real target man, I think, as well. What I would say is I was told that it would take a a really sizable offer. Um, you know, what, what he's on at Ipswich is what I was told to quote, you know, very, very significant. Um, and so they, yeah, they said it as well. They believe that maybe Wrexham is being used by clubs, by players to, you know, improve uh, interest, you know, improve kind of contracts if it's the player side. You know, Wrexham has become that team. I know, like I say, you, you know it well with Man United, rich players get linked with Man United that have got absolutely no business in the discussion and then they come away with a new deal. You know, so like Wrexham worked wonders for Callum Guy, getting him a new deal at Carlisle, didn't they? And so there'll be other examples of players that say, well, you know, Wrexham are interested in me, they're offering me this and that. And who knows sort of how true it is. So Joe Piggott, I, I don't want to kind of pour total cold water on it, but I'll maybe put the kind of mist on it because it, it sounds it sounds unlikely. It's a, yeah, it sounds unlikely, that one, from from what I've been told so far. Yeah. Um, another one, an, an extra element to this as well, Alex Woodyard, uh, AFC Wimbledon. Very good player. And the Very interesting thing about Alex Woodyard is he qualifies for Welsh national um, team selection due to his really? nan. He's never had a call-up, but he was. He, he said that he, you know, the push is there from, from Wimbledon. They really want to get him in the national team setup. And Mark Robinson said that, you know, He's he really thinks that Alex Woodyard should be in the Wales side, and you know he's got World Cup ambitions. And there was an interview that's online on AFC Wimbledon's club media. Where Wood, Woodyard says, "Well, maybe if we get promoted to the Championship, then I'll finally get the recognition I deserve." So mm. imagine Wrexham with Woodyard and Mullen, two Wales internationals in the National League. We'd be getting games called off for uh, international commitments. <laughs> then I, it's one of them. Well, I do think players outside of a certain level just don't get considered, no matter how good they play. You look at someone like Joe Morell playing for Wales. If Woodyard was at a similar level, I really like Woodyard a lot. Um, I think he would be a massive addition in midfield for Wrexham. What it would take to get him, I think, again, it would take a, a really sizable financial commitment. And look, we're going we're gonna to have to do that if we want these top-level football league players. Um, I think he I, is my I, dream I, transfer, though. I yeah, think I think he would be... It, he would be a brilliant signing, yeah. He he would be, he would just be a real statement of intent. You know what I mean? You'd be able to. It'd be like Mullen again, wouldn't it? If you're getting yeah, it, Woodyard, who's been Wimbledon's best player since he joined last year, really, and their most consistent player, the whole operation runs through him. He ticks the boxes like everything every fan's requested so far, and hmm. yeah, I would I would love it, love it, love it if we could sign him. And of course, he was love part it. of that. That Lincoln side who won promotion, got to the FA Cup quarterfinal. Yeah, he's not bad, is he? No, he's not. He's he's definitely not bad. Uh, you know that, that that that's the type of thing that I, the type of player that I would imagine would be sort of option A on the list. And like I say, some of the other ones that we've mentioned, likes of a Joe Sabara, maybe option C or D or E. You know, they'll, they'll obviously have a list of players they want to go for. Uh, Ollie Clark, I think at Mansfield is another that has been on the club's radar for a while. I still think he is someone of interest. Um, again, Mansfield p- perhaps more attainable than Woodyard at, um, at learning at a player, AFC. yeah. But yeah, but you know, it's it's again, like I said in that other podcast about Tom Pett being the sort of league leading tackle, you know, league leading in tackles in League Two. 
I think you. I, that's why I think you can do two. I think you can go and get a bruiser type. You know, someone who can just break play up, um, and and be a bit of a pest basically. And, and the other thing on that as well, Nathan, someone's a link. You know, whether it's this this winter or not, if you're buying a player of that quality, you're future proofing yourself. Like in terms of defense, mm. I think we've future proofed ourselves there. We might need like one starter next summer you've got Toza you've got Hayden who are only going to get better the more they play alongside each other Brisley Lennon you know you've got a really good core there up yeah. front you've got you've got the foundations in Hyde and Mullin not sure about the others really midfield there's not longevity in it for me and you think that if we would somehow get promoted at the end of the season with that current squad how many of those midfielders would you want us to keep in league two it wouldn't be many yeah. for me um, but, and I think that we need to have that future proof in midfield. Looking at the Facebook again, then uh, I also put out in the Wrexham Deadpool AFC chat. As you can imagine, uh, Paul Roberts said to midfield, Lee Chamberlain, a ball playing midfielder. But a few people did give names of who they wanted. Shawnee Morris, thanks for your message. He put, uh, we need a midfield general, Josh Falkingham, who came up a few times in, in, the, in the messages, Rich. Josh Falkingham of Harrogate would fit the bill perfectly. And John Davis, who I know uh, likes to listen to us for some reason, Rich, I don't know why. He likes to listen to us uh, when he's on a run. So, John, if you're listening, you suggested that Wes Houlihan, you know, obviously provided so much for Mullen. Can you get him in on a six-month deal? I think it would be a bit too much to ask maybe to get Houlihan to come up. But, you know, get the old band back together. How old is Houlihan now? Maybe 39. 39. 39. Uh, but yeah. he was incredible. And lots of Cambridge fans said he was actually better than Mullen last season, which again might just be trying to be a bit hipster and a bit different. But by all accounts, he did make everything tick. And age is but a number, isn't it, Nave? I it mean, is. But... 39 in the National League. He could definitely do a job, but there'll be kind of Glenn Little vibes where we get <laughs> we have you to imagine... pick and choose. God, could you imagine having a you know, having, uh, say, we had a midfield two on of. David Jones and uh, Wes Houlihan. We'd have, they'd have like a combined that. age of, combined age of uh, well over seventy. Um, They've got old strike force, that wouldn't it? When you have Morel or Marod and Adabola up yeah. top, oh, just touching the hundred, I think that was yeah, that was that was awful. Um, Stephen Owens put we sh- here's the name that we we didn't mention, and he said we should have gone for striker Adam Morgan. He's now signed. He signed well. He signed for Braintree six days ago. Um, not what I'm familiar with that to be honest Adam Morgan I don't, I don't know him that well but I'm going to take your word for it maybe Stephen's got a good eye for a player uh, and lastly then Trevor has put th- we need three midfield players to control the central area and link up with the attack and we also need a quality forward to provide cover for Mullen and Hyde I think some people's Christmas wish lists are quite long aren't they I'm expecting maybe one or two really good players um, and if we got that I think I'd be pretty happy Um so, yeah, thanks so much to all the people that, that wrote in. And sorry if we didn't read out your message. We have tried to read out as many as we can. Um, and I know on the Twitter spaces people were talking about it's as much about personnel in January as it is style of play, which is about ditching diagonals and, and having a midfield in place come the end of the month where we trust to play through the midfield. Because I think trust has been a bit of a problem in terms of the management, in terms of they maybe don't believe in, in the midfield they've got or, or they just like this direct approach, Aaron Hayden, 60-yard diagonal. Um, yeah, and it, not again, me, but, like we know. said, I think that um, the January window will tell us a lot about the tactical approach Parky wants to um, influence for the rest of the season. Like we said, if he signs wingers, then that, that surely indicates we're going to be playing a 4-3-3, a 4-4-2 variant 
because we just don't have those options at the moment. If we don't sign a winger, then it's probably going to be three-five-two for the rest of the season. You've you've played your cards then, and yeah. I heard variant, and I and I thought, no, I'm sick of that word now, Rich. Uh, <laughs> it is yeah, a buzzword, isn't it, in modern football? Um, <laughs> I was listening. I was like, oh, Rich is not a variant. No, you know what? Let's hope we don't get too much variance. Um, but yeah, I you're right. Three-five-two just things, seems yeah. to be stuck, there, doesn't it, Rich? That just seems to be stuck. Before you get back onto your point. Yeah, well, I, 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 I was going to say that, that um, Road Mould on Twitter said that if we could sign someone in the Jan Chancellor window, they would go for a new manager. So I'm just going to cover all bases there. I think Parky is here to stay. You can't spell Parkinson without in, can you? So uh, I think he'll be here <laughs> for the uh, foreseeable. And he's going to get backed in January, which you know, indicates there won't be any immediate changes. There's no indication there would be. So I guess we'll just have to see what happens. But Nave, thank you very much, as always for joining us today on Rob Brian Red. And thank you once again for all your contributions to the show. They really do mean a lot. So please, if you've not already, leave a like and subscribe. A five-star review would help us a lot as well. Roll on Weymouth on the TV this weekend. What could possibly go wrong? Thank you very much for joining us on Rob Brian Red, and we'll see you again next time. It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got butt for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.